F1 is about to cash in on their TV rights in the US, Gasly will stay put because he has nowhere to go, and Bernie Ecclestone gets in his feelings when it comes to Lewis Hamilton. Let's jump the start. What's up, everybody? Welcome in Jump to Start Racing Podcast. My name is Wellington. I'm here with two of my closest friends. Ruben, how are you doing today? What's going on, guys? I'm doing good. Yancy, how are you? Hi. It's race week. I figured you guys would be at least excited for that, and it's the British Grand Prix. Blood. I'm positive this week, bruv. You're positive? <laughs> positive. Okay. Is that like chicken bruv, is it? Br- no, no. <laughs> bruv. Bruv. <laughs> you know, he always say bruv. Yeah. Gotcha. I say bruv. Okay. Or blood. <laughs> before we get started i just want to make sure to mention our socials at jump to start f1 on instagram and twitter uh we're obviously you're listening to us via podcast so whatever your favorite podcast platform make sure to leave a review couple stars constructive criticism always welcome again at jump to start f1 instagram and twitter with that said let's jump right into it um News come across, coming across the bow this week, actually uh, earlier today and, and on uh, Friday. So Formula One, according to Barron's, Formula One could secure lucrative media rights deal. Investors may want more. So the key takeaway from the key takeaway from this story is that uh, Sports Business Journal, the Sports Business Journal reported on Friday that F1 was poised to renew its deal with ESPN through 2025, valued between $75 million to $90 million per year. That figure is significantly above the $5 million per year current contract, but reportedly below the offers of several tech giants. So What? Amazon, Netflix, and Disney through ESPN have been, I guess, bidding to get rights to form to show Formula One on their channels or on their streaming, streaming services. Dude, so it's a potential if it goes to ninety million for five million, potential sixteen X price increase. Thank you, Netflix. Yeah. That's in the American market, by the way. That was going to say that. Is this, this is only, is the this only in the American market. Jesus. Thank so, you, Netflix. Yeah. Five million to potentially 90 million per year. That's insane. Which makes sense why they want to have three races in the States. Mm-hmm. I'm still... <clears throat> It's a lot. I'm still adding the numbers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jeez. That is insane, bro. Um, bruv. Bruv. <laughs> it, it, that, it's just, like, I'm honestly, like, flabbergasted. I don't even know what to say. Um, <clears throat> wow. That's a lot of money. And and it's just, like, it's not even that the amount of money. It's just a jump that it goes up from 5 to almost $90 million, And then that streaming services could offer even more. Even though I don't think that would benefit if one of it was on a streaming service. Correct. Because it's too segmented. I think 
the you, what you want to do in order for you to appeal to a larger audience would be a cable network, obviously like ESPN, which not only has a national following here in the States, has a global following everywhere else. Like everybody in the world knows what ESPN is. So remember I said Disney won the rights through ESPN. So mm-hmm. also recall like the US Grand Prix, Canadian Grand Prix, and the Monaco Grand Prix. They show mm-hmm. them on ABC, which is a free channel, channel it was free to- here, o- over the air channel here in the United States. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, that's right. Meaning, yeah. Right. So if I'm them, yeah, sure. Netflix and Amazon are offering more, but this is the best way for me to gain more exposure. This is through the end of 2025, and this gives me an opportunity at, on, in 2025 to take an even bigger bite of the apple. Yeah, because, I mean, at this point, most people have cable already, and they know what ESPN is. Um, if you're if you're trying to get just on Hulu, and, and, and obviously, like I said, it's segmented because Netflix has a certain amount of subscribers. Hulu has a certain Amazon. amount of subscribers. Amazon has a certain amount of subscribers. But I think with ESPN, you get more of a cross section of those of those audiences and <clears throat> you already have correct drive to survive on netflix which is a perfect platform to have some kind of like a drama or something. actually so where i thought you were going to go with this is that f1 remember they still have f1 tv so if yes. people want to go back and watch it I want them to pay me to do that. I don't want them to pay Amazon and Netflix to do that. That is a good point. I'd rather they watch it live on where I'm already getting mm-hmm. my bread and butter. And then beyond that, you know, pay me. So gladly I take less money from less money that's out there so that I don't have to give everything away to Amazon and to Netflix. Well, and also, and I think this is what you're getting at, is that if you give those rights to Amazon or Netflix or Hulu, you're cannibalizing your own streaming channel, which is F1 TV Pro, which is actually pretty good now. Now. Everything is taking Now, yeah. Now it's very good. No, but also, would this, would this mean as well that now ESPN will have their own crew doing this stuff? Because right now we're just getting the Sky signal reproduced. I think it'll still be the Sky. The Sky signal. Okay. Well, and then it benefits you know what I'm saying? them like, because it, I mean, obviously, they're getting not paying a ton all of this money. money. Yeah. Like. What I would like, and maybe if they're getting all this money, and this is pure speculation and just my own like my own thoughts on this, what I would like is I remember when when NBC had the rights to F one, mm-hmm. and they had their own little F one crew. Yeah. They were able to show replays. I think that would benefit the. The US, the, the U.S. audience, if ESPN had like a dedicated, like you know, a little studio show for F1 instead of just reproducing everything that um, that Sky Sports is doing, even though Sky Sports coverage is amazing. No, yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, no, I'm, no, not, I'm not even. But to give it a more American perspective, I think that would be cool to do. As what well. race did they have with like uh, that? They did have a whole setup. Danica Patrick. Uh, was part of the team. I think that was Monaco. And then they also did something again for the Canadian Grand Prix. Yeah. That's uh, Miami. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, Miami. Miami, Miami well. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, But even like that, I think it was Danica Patrick joining Sky Sky Sports. Yeah. So they didn't, ha- they didn't even have their own setup. They just had, I think Danica Patrick did Miami and uh, Canada, obviously on this side of the, the, the Atlantic. Uh, the Atlantic. 
And I think she'll probably be doing Austin as well. But it's what we've been saying all along, right? That there is a huge U.S. market for this, and uh, kind of showing. Yeah, yeah, yeah the money, showing, the money uh, is coming. Netflix. I, I think that Drive to Survive was a a stroke of genius by F1 to allow that access, and. I just hope that it does trickle down to the team so they can see the benefit as well, which I'm pretty sure they will because they're getting TV rights. So, so on the heels <clears throat> on the heels of that information, Hulu is working with F1 driver Daniel Ricciardo (parentheses the sport's current best driver, if only in terms of personality and not <laughs> dot 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 you know winning races). <laughs> Shout out to Hector uh, to, <laughs> to develop a half-hour scripted series that is set in the world of Formula One racing. So it won't be Drive to Survive. It won't be documentary style. It'll just be a scripted series within the universe of within the universe of F one racing. So, so it'll be Love and Hip Hop F one. <laughs> it's like a reality <laughs> <Wow>. show. <laughs> no, I, I, they could probably create even more drama than what we see on a day to day basis. Yeah. But the fact that Hulu is going after that another streaming service trying to grab more eyes away from what's becoming uh, a growing Phenomenon. sport. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the U.S. Led by Daniel Ricardo, who obviously has been in the sport since what, 2011, 2012, well, in, in F1 proper. Yeah. But he is um, probably the main focal point in Drive to Survive. Like everybody yeah. wants to know more about him. More about him. Yeah. And he's and they focus a lot on his career and trajectory in F1, including the struggles, including right. the high points. But with reason, because he is F1's biggest personality. He's the one that's always, you know, goofing around, having fun, has the big smile. You know, smacking somebody while they're getting into it. Yeah, the women love him, which I mean, obviously has its appeal. Um, yeah, I mean, it. Hulu would be stupid and not enough to pick at least their biggest star. I think maybe the second biggest star in Drive to Survive would be like Gunther Steiner or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Christian Horner. Uh, yeah. Oh, maybe oh, Christian, Christian Horner, Horner as well. Yeah. But I mean, it's just it doesn't have the same appeal as. A driver. As a driver, yeah. So he's executive, uh, Daniel Ricardo is executive producing it. He did have, he has had quite the career, you know, the the teammates he's raced against are world championship drivers, right? Yeah. So Max, uh, Sebastian Vettel, not yet for Esteban Ocon or Nico Hulkenberg, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Or or Orlando Norris. Um, But they... You know his his path into F one his the people he's been up against winning the races that he has won being the honey badger even if you were to just take all of that and turn it into a movie and or a series and make it where he's winning and like mm-hmm. all the drama and surrounding it there's potential for a very entertaining show. I mean, it's I watch it. Yeah, me too. I've I mean, watched worse stuff for sure. Yeah, I mean, he has <laughs> seven F one wins, and all his wins have always been like come back from behind wins. Also, and it's just his career, if you think about it, has been very interesting considering he's been with what Red Bull, Renault, McLaren, McLaren. McLaren. Mm-hmm. Like he's been like up, like he's been with three of the ten teams. 
So, and then his decision making and how it, it it's, I think it's going to be an interesting story. We'll see. So, we talked about Hulu. We talked about Netflix. We talked about ESPN slash Disney. There's also F1 content that was snagged by Apple, Apple TV Plus. They're working on a movie uh, featuring Brad Pitt, the Top Gun Maverick director, uh, Joseph Kosinski. And it's being executive, executively produced by Lewis Hamilton. I don't even know if that's the right term, but it's executive produced by Lewis Hamilton. So that's a movie. And then on top of that, they're also doing a documentary on Lewis Hamilton's life and career, all going to Apple. So Hulu, Netflix, ESPN slash Disney, Disney, and Apple TV. That's all the major streaming platforms. Except for Amazon, but... Well, yeah. and Triller. <laughs> well, Amazon is sticking at that, but I, I missed that one. <laughs> I missed that one. What, Triller? No, yeah. You know, they do they the verses... Then they do the, oh, yeah. the celebrity boxing. <laughs> you got matches. you, got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I got you. <laughs> you know when you have to explain the joke, it's not, yeah, it's not I know, my bad. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thank okay. you. I'm up on the times. Okay. I listen to you. No, but uh, Amazon has already done something with F1. Remember, they did the McLaren thing when Alonso first came in and they were getting, they were first. Grand Prix Racer? No, it was was it called Grand Prix Racing? I think so. When they were first, and they had Stoffel Van Dorn as yes, like the focus. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. so oh, they already, it was it was uh, Stoffel Van Dorn and Fernando Alonso. Yes, yeah. so when they first did a deal with Honda, that was actually pretty good. That was not bad. Yeah, yeah. they they focused a lot on woking and like mm-hmm. yes, the, like the whole campus. Like it was actually really interesting. It was, actually it was like kind of boring, a, but really interesting. It was like uh, Drive to Survive without all the drama and just focused on one team. one team. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's it's amazing to see how. Literally, it went from from that one first. We had to get illegal streams to be able to watch. Yes. To then the F1 TV app, which barely worked. And now look at where we are. It went from NBC Sports, almost threw it away to ESPN. NBC and, had it for a lot of years. Yeah, and now look at how it's it's blown up. Where well, it's, before NBC Speed Network had. I don't know who on Speed Network. I, th- I think that got absorbed into Fox mm-hmm. Sports. Yeah, there you go. Well, listen. But same thing, it wasn't like... i just tell you like this, and, and we'll look at... We'll, we'll just go down to like a... To, to our level of micro, like a microcosm of all of this stuff. Before, we used to be able to go to Fele, which is the bar where they do the F1 meetup. In New York and City. we can go there at in the morning and get a table. No, no. Pick a table. Pick a table. That's the one I want. Yeah. Now we have to make reservations to watch a race. I think the guy said, what, three weeks out or something like that? Something like that. Or almost a month, right? (laughs) Um, We found another F1 meetup spot. To get tickets to a Grand Prix was fairly, I mean, it was still fairly expensive, but it it wasn't like, can we get a ticket? It was like, yeah, we're going to get tickets. Now we have to look a year out. And see which races you want to buy a ticket for and plan that out instead of just doing it off the whim. Because you don't know if when the tickets go on sale, you're going to find a ticket to be on sale. So it's, and I don't know if it's due to like just people just want to be out and about. Obviously, we are coming off a pandemic, but I think it is. It's a mixture of both. It's like people want to be out and about, but people are also interested in F1. I think it's a really good excuse to... There's been so many countries we've been to just 
by going to F1 races. It's a good excuse to, oh, let me go to a race and then also let me visit the city and country that it's being, that it's being, held, it's being held in. Yeah. So now- It would be nice. Yeah. Instead of saying four days, just there for the week. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Would you stay in Montreal for a whole week? I definitely would. Yeah. Montreal is a dope city. The French Riviera for a whole week. No, but now, now the point is that there's more Jesus. competing American dollars going to these places. Yes, yeah, unfortunately for us, and that is what makes it quite expensive. Okay, anything else on the exploding media market for Formula One? Good and bad. Good and bad. Yes, <laughs> yes. Silly season time. Aston Martin keen for Vettel to stay long-term as F1 talks loom. So I am very torn on this whole thing because Why? he has repeatedly said that he can't fight climate change by being hypocritical and driving an F1 car. He does so many activist-type things. Maybe it's better for him to stay in F1 to continue being an activist. But at the same time, there is so much young talent that would benefit that the sport could benefit from a seat being open yeah but it's see, from a four-time world champion i can see yep. why you're torn uh there was a reporter that asked him this question meaning how can you be an f1 driver and still you know advocate for climate you know for changes you know climate change and and be an environmentalist basically um, I, to paraphrase, the answer was that, listen, I think we, we're all hypocrites in some sense of the word, but he loves to race. He loves F1 race, but you also have to see the road the F1 is going down. They're trying to get sustainable fuels, trying to be more sustainable, you know, having a, was it net carbon mm -hmm. uh, to zero? They're trying to get there. Like they're making goals to get to the point where they can be sustainable and they're not, you know, uh, affecting the carbon output to the rest of the world. Um, and I don't think Vettel's career is done, man. I, You know, yeah, he had a bad start to the season, but the last few races he's been doing well. And I still think that if you put Vettel in a race-winning car, um, he'll do the job. He's a four-time world champion. And we know... That, and we've seen it this year with Lewis Hamilton as well. If you put somebody of that caliber in a race-winning car, they're going to win races. Fernando Alonso will. Lewis Hamilton will. Max Verstappen will. And so will Sebastian Vettel. Those are the four world champions currently in F1 right now. Is he quick enough? I don't know but he'll definitely get the most out of that car. How much credit can we give him on the development of that? And I mean, obviously, they do speak very highly of, of, of Battle and the team, but how much credit can we give him regarding the development of that car as well that's not known in the public like that, you know? So, uh, we, I mean, you know, not only him of him racing, but he does bring a lot of knowledge to that team and, you know, the experience talks remember, about it. I, I would like for him to stay. Remember that one of his many nicknames is Inspector Seb. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, I'm pretty sure he, I mean, I remember he also raced for Red Bull. So, yes. he understands Nui's designs and, and what the Red Bull can and cannot do. We know that Vettel is 
a very cerebral driver, meaning that he knows a little bit about everything. The technical side of it, mechanics, race strategy. Like, we've seen this. He's not a normal F1 driver. The and dude he, and is he's driving the super Green Super intelligent, man. The Green Rebel is also helping to me. Cool. The, the, um, the Green more, A more stable rear end. Who doesn't love that? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, the problem is that, like, once you you get rid of Vettel on that team, what do you do if you're Aston Martin? And it's not even getting rid of him because it's his choice if he, right? If you have Vettel, it's his choice if he wants to stay or go. Is it? Who are you going to, who is Aston Martin going to attract in that seat that is going to be better than Sebastian Vettel? Stroll. Nobody. Nobody. There's nobody out there. There's nobody out there, especially because at this stage, what they are, the stage that they're at is that they're trying to develop a better car. Mm -hmm. You can bring in somebody like a Gasly, but he's not going to understand how to, maybe he will, but it won't be as good as Vettel to understand what makes a car go. It's just at the level of experience that Vettel has, it's just, it just goes beyond the pale that any other driver can bring. So why, you know, yeah, of course you would want him on the team, especially when your number two driver is the owner's son and sucks. Yeah. I don't know. Good. Good and bad. I, I feel like he would be such an excellent, like, technical director or race director, but that would, I don't think that he would stick around to do that type of stuff. Um, okay, so the next story is also going to lead us into are in our F1 feelings segment. So are you guys ready? So it's all feelings, not facts. Pierre Gasly has been assured of... Pierre Gasly's formally confirmed at AlphaTauri F1 for 2023. So his contract was originally through the end of 2023, but there were talks of them moving on from him because, or vice versa, because of... Sergio Perez signing that extension with Red Bull. So, is this good for Gasly? Bad for Gasly? Good for AlphaTauri or bad for AlphaTauri? What are your feelings? Good for AlphaTauri. At the moment, good for Pierre Gasly. He has nowhere to go. And obviously, AlphaTauri is not a top-running team. Will never be a top-running team because they're the sister team to Red Bull. Um, however, they do come up with competitive cars that can fight for points in the midfield. It is the reason why Gasly has been able to shine the past two years, especially after his debacle at Red Bull when he was driving for the main team. Um, there's nowhere to go right now, but it's only another year. It sucks for him because I think he is ready to drive for a top team or a better team, like, you know, maybe a McLaren or an Aston Martin. But even like that, like, in the current state, I think AlphaTauri is probably just as good as a McLaren or better than an Aston Martin. 
So, hey. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> hey. Yeah, I mean, uh, what else? You, it, it just sucks for him because he just doesn't, he can't get a seat anywhere. He might as well just stay in F1. And it'll be an AlphaTauri team that at least can give him a car where he can compete. So I want to point out that Pierre Gasly has 16 World Drivers Championship points. Alpha, I'm sorry, Aston Martin has 16 constructors points. So That's a team. It's not, yeah, it's not, he wouldn't be moving up if he goes to Aston Martin. Yeah. As of right now. As of right now. As of right now. I think Gasly has to leave Red Bull. I mean, even though he's still with, you know, with Alpha Tower for one more year, maybe to, maybe to see if more doors will open for another, in another year and stuff like that. Right now, like Agency said, he has nowhere to go because Battle Street just uncertain. If you mean to tell me that Battle was said, hey, bad, we ain't going, I'm not going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a little more money in, you know, in Aston Martin, but they need somebody like better in Aston Martin. So that's another another issue there. But and what Yancy pretty much said about Gassi as well, Afatari needing him, I think it's a it's a balance. Because obviously he is the most experienced driver of the two, him and Yuki. And the inconsistency that the team gives him is where is what what has stopped him from being pushed on even better, even though he has performed wonderfully. Mm-hmm. But imagine if the team was consistent on his side, or you know, the team did what they're supposed to do for him, he probably would be even showing even be a, a better you I know agree. caliber or a better you know. I agree. Let's play devil's advocate here. What if there is an opening at at Red Bull? Let's say they for Sergio Perez. I think that's what the, he in his camp. Tired. That's what they were planning. I know, but how much better? Would Pierre Gasly be doing compared to Checo if they put him in that car? I don't think he'll be doing better than Checo. No, I mean the premise of your your question was that Checo leaves, right? Yeah. So like, I well, think I was it would talking be about like it would, would you it wouldn't be, you wouldn't get rid of Checo for Gasly? But would it be the same level of performance or even better than Checo uh, the way Checo's performing right now? I th- I think that it would it would be pretty even. How about you? I think where Checo beats God, you know, checks more boxes than Gasly, is the experience. Mm-hmm. We can't forget that. Checo's been around for a long time. And it's actually this is the first time you could see that he's in a top level team. Don't get me wrong, Force India was always fighting. There was you know, it was they were they were always in the shadows there, but they never had you know this potential like Checo's showing us now. I think that's an interesting question. But I mean that's going like off the top. Uh, yeah, I mean that's it's again if, but it's not happening, and that's the reason. Why, the reason why Gasly is staying at AlphaTauri, one he has no op- openings, but it was triggered by Red Bull re-signing Checo for another two years, which he definitely deserves that contract because he's driving lights out this season. Yes, I I think that he's not gonna go to the main team. And the reason for that isn't so much about Checo, but about Yuki Sonoda. And I think that the plan for Yuki was to continue to develop as a Japanese driver, bringing in all kinds of fans from that part of the world and eventually make his way into the Red Bull stable. Mm -hmm. Based on what we're seeing year two now of Yuki, I don't know if that's going to 
I don't know if that's going to pan out or it will take a while for that to happen. Uh, Yuki's wildly inconsistent. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't help that it's a new car. put the car in the wall coming out of the pit. <laughs> no, it's also a new car. Remember, he he had one year with last year's car and now comes into this year, second year F1, and it's a new, totally new car. So like, oh man, I was barely getting adjusted to that car and now I got to go into a new. You use the same excuse for Latifi. <laughs> Make sure Marker, <laughs> same thing. Daniel yeah. Ricardo. So, you know. Daniel I mean, either you, you're good or you're not, man. This is F1. That's true. Perform. Everyone's getting used to a new car this year. Yeah. So Performance. Yeah. I don't know. It sucks because he's good. Same for everybody. Ruben, you mentioned experience. What year did, do you know what year Pierre Gasly started in F1? What year he made his debut? I'm just going to guess, 2017. Yes, 2017. I think that while it's nice to say, yeah, Check Perez it. and Hamilton and Vettel, they have all this experience. At what point do you start to nullify that that kind of point? And Checo? I said Perez. No, no. Like I'm, literally the No, first. what year he started? I have no idea. I but, think like 2010. Okay. That's seven years ahead of him. Yeah, but Gasly has podiums. He has a win. Right. And he actually now is developing the experience that he needed for when they brought him up too early. And no, he's, he definitely has shown us that, yes. And he's made that team better. Alphatari, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you say that McLaren was benefited by having Perez as a driver that young? I don't think he performed to, to his, you know, like, no. Wow, so it's the same thing with Gasly at Red Bull. He didn't perform to his, his standards now. Okay. You're making my point for me. Okay. <laughs> I got to pay now? Yes, please. I got to pay? Send a check to jump to start racing at gmail.com. But yeah, yeah, but I think he made McLaren like his first year, though. Who? Checo. Yeah. And he no, I think it was his second year. My bad. Sorry. But he sucked. Of course. He was only there for one year, too. Didn't he race for sober? He was sober before, yeah. Yeah, and they, yeah, but he didn't do good. That's what happens. It's the same thing that happened with Gasly when he went up to the Red Bull team. Yeah, it was one, one full year of experience, and then he went to Red Bull. So, again, you can send that check, jump to star racing, and uh, the Zell payment. Jump to star Congratulations. Racing. You played yourself. <laughs> me? Not me. Yes. yes, you played yourself. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. All right, so <laughs> you see my feelings towards this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, you love Pierre Gasly. Now? Um, <laughs> the great Gasly, Bernie Eccleston. Wolf is getting a bid a bit fed up with Hamilton. So Total Wolf fed up with Lewis Hamilton, according to Bernie Eccleston, the master troll. Yeah, and his <laughs> and his sources, his sources with an F one. Let's put it another way: Lewis doesn't seem bothered about losing. It's not like him; he has a competitive nature, but he's taking losing a bit easy for my liking. I don't think he's actively helping George. I don't think he's doing anything. I don't think he cares too much. He's not prepared to put effort into winning into the winning that he did. <laughs> okay, you froze. I froze. I'm buffering because he's still buffering. <laughs> no, because where. Where would you see that from? How, how would you even know unless you're in Mercedes themselves? Bernie Ecclestone has sources everywhere. He has microphones in every trailer. I think it's just bullshit. 
Really? I mean, listen. Would the is there kind of is there a merit to this where we think that Lewis Hamilton is not performing as good as he should be, considering how he's performed before? What do you think? Uh, I mean, yeah, you could say that about any driver across the history of F1. Mm-hmm. They are not performing to that level that Lewis Hamilton was performing at. Well, I'm talking about just because of the car. Yeah, like there's no motivation there. I can't agree with that because he came from last to third mm-hmm. in the last race. Yeah. Uh, I think that um I'm still buffering. I think that <laughs> Lewis, guess what? You're, that's it's and these these comments are so ludicrous. Imagine yes, that, imagine yeah. how much buffering <laughs> Eccleston did to try to come up with all this stuff. But so here's the deal. You hear these comments over the team radio from and to Lewis Hamilton to encourage him, whatever. I think that all these drivers get them. It's just that because it's Lewis Hamilton, that's why we hear them on the radio. Yes. Yes. He is F1's most popular driver. And he has been used to driving at a level that they are competing for not only race wins, but for championships. And that is not happening. Now, I think we forget that this season, apart from, yes, George Russell has finished in the top five at almost every, as it every race? Every race. This season, he is driving phenomenal. Lewis Hamilton has had a lot of bad luck when ahead of George Russell during a race with safety cars and the such. And I don't, I'm not going to know, go off the top of my head, but I think that's documented. So to say that Lewis Hamilton, yes, he's complaining and he should be complaining. Why? Because the car is not good. And the only way you're going to know if the car is not good and how you're going to fix it is that you have to let the team know what is wrong with the car. Yes. This is like the, the dumbest argument that I've ever heard about Lewis Hamilton where he complains too much. How is the team going to know what is wrong with the car if he doesn't tell them and has open communication? It may sound like complaining, but no, it's not complaining. It's them letting them know how to improve the car, which is the reason why they've won the last eight championships. Drivers and constructors, except for maybe, well, except for Max, Max Verstappen last year. How many times has the radio opened up and it's Max complaining, my tires are gone, very often. Mm-hmm. How many times is it Max Verstappen cursing at the team from doing a wrong strategy or like doing something that he didn't like all the fucking time? How long, how much is it Lance Stroll, my tires are gone, it's a bad strategy, uh, I don't feel good in the car, the car's not working, all the time. We only remember it because it's, Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton. How many times has he complained the tires will go off? How many times has he... While winning championships. While winning championships. Yep, yep. How many times has he complained? Just look at this season. Or question the strategy. Yeah. How many How many times has this season has he said this car is bad and still winds up right behind George Russell in a car that sucks? Fourth or fifth or even sixth. Or say, I don't know, guys. We just made it worse. Yeah. I mean, but that's, it that's happens. That's improvement on it. But... Listen, we gotta see. We gotta see with our own eyes what is happening. He's complaining about the car, but yeah, he's driving his ass off to make sure that he's getting points for the team. Yes. So what? 
How is he less motivated? I don't see it. Maybe he is because he knows he's not driving. He's not. He's not. You know, maybe there's a, a tad bit less motivation, but it's not that much because yes, he's not in a winning car. But it's Lewis Hamilton. What would he have said about Sebastian Vettel last year or the year before? I mean, come on, man. They didn't. There was no criticism. Of course not. I think it has. No, I say and I say this. Color. What would you as a person would say? Yeah. What would you as a person would say if last year you were like in number one, number two spot every weekend, and now you're not? And you got you know, and your team can't figure out why that. Yeah, and then and then in that same article, he's mentioning uh, there was a quote from him criticizing about the type of clothes he's wearing at the track. Who the hell cares? So I, I do. <laughs> when it's ninety degrees out, and you like have a hoodie on, so does it bother you? <laughs> hell no. All right, so who cares? He's still driving like a champion. Yeah, he's a seven-time world champ. Give that man the respect that he is due. Man, yeah. we saw the clip. The 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 clip. Er, I saw the clip earlier today on social media. ESPN F one posted it, and this happened what two or three years ago. My man won the British Grand Prix on three wheels. Yeah, that's when Max was chasing him down. Max and- was chasing him down. Yep. He had, I think, almost a forty second lead on Max. Yeah. By the time he got halfway through the track, it was a twenty second lead. He managed to take a car that we've seen plenty of drivers can't even go. Not even both us. Not even, yeah, exactly, and still managed to win the race. He had a dominating lead with three wheels, and he still managed to win the race. How do you question a man like that? That was a beautiful weekend too. That was insane, man. Like, come the, on. The best fans are over there too. Yep, <laughs> that was beautiful okay, to watch. So now we know your feelings. Bunch my, of haters. My man. feelings are that uh, Bernie Eccleston needs to be. Retired and put in a museum. <laughs> thing, he needs to be put into about, a museum. Not the museum, but we're like, yo, isn't this guy retired? Put so, him in like Carbonite, what? like in Star Wars. He is always going to, there are, there are always going to be quotes uh, uh, from Bernie Ecclestone and Nico Rosberg. And Jackie and Jack Stewart. Vi- huh? Jackie Stewart. Jackie Stu- and, and, but I'm thinking about Jackie, uh, was it Jack Villeneuve? Because they're, they, it's like they do this for a living. Trolls. They're trolls. And obviously, they create a little bit more drama, and it gives us a little bit of fodder for inner F1 feelings. Well, is Yancey's career over? Wouldn't you retire? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you retire with $4 billion in your pocket? Why? If whenever I say something, people like, oh, my people God, Bernie Eccleston speak, yeah. speaking. Oh people will click. Ah. So, on the Hamilton topic, the next topic for F1 in your feelings or in your F1 feelings. David Coulthard, it is too early to judge Russell against Hamilton. We won't truly know how he compares to Lewis until they have a winning car again because right now this is the best car that George has ever driven relative to where the fastest car is and this is not the best car that Lewis has driven. It's two different mindsets, two different phases of their careers and that's why right now you go, oh, George is outperforming Lewis. Well, let's wait and see when they qualify first and second in whatever order it happens to be just how the running order is then. I feel like we've said exactly this. Ruben, what do you think of David Coulthard's comments? I think he's right on saying that's the only way we'll see. Obviously, we have seen such great potential from George Russell so far that we cannot judge. George has been used to driving a crappy car. So he's 
better at dealing with a crappy you say car. George or Judge? George. Oh, okay. Aaron Judge. <laughs> That's the Yankees now. Twenty nine so, home runs this season. Okay, okay, whatever. Who cares about baseball? <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do actually. <laughs> I do actually. My bad. You better correct but that. <laughs> what? What? Why? I think George has adjusted himself or shows that he has. He has had better luck in, at the beginning of the races, mm-hmm. and he's used to driving a car that's barely undrivable. Yeah. Granted. Lewis is doing a phenomenal job as well. He's still right behind him, qualifying or above. You know, it's, it's tough to 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 put a, a point on it now. Yeah, I think yeah. just let let things play out. Let's see what you know the year, how the car looks, and then we'll talk about. It. I know for a fact there'll be Ferrari in the constructor this year. Whatever Yancy says, it's not. You know, Mercedes is going to be Ferrari. in the constructors. Yes. Jesus. Talk Let's make sure to clip that yeah, audio. Talk about. Because. Talk about, talk about. Yes. You know. No that. facts, all feelings. Yep, there, you <laughs> there you go. There you go. Damn. <laughs> yes, yes. I know for a fact. fact. That's yes. Wow. Fact. Okay. So Ruben is going to retire to the museum right next to Bernie Eccleston. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what yeah. a take. Okay. Wow. I'm about to retire. <laughs> or congratulations. That was congratulations. He's you trying, played yourself. He's trying to make it like uh, Stephen A. Smith when he predicted that the Golden State Warriors are going to win the NBA championship. <laughs> I'm going to make that a, a, a drop. No. Then, dude, if every time Mercedes finishes ahead of Ferrari, you got to play it. <laughs> <laughs> so he will not be playing it a lot this season. Wow. Consistency. Okay, one well, that take is completely wrong, but fine. Um, damn it, you just got me all of, That's so crazy. So it's George versus George versus Hamilton. To Ferrari Mercedes. Yeah, it's what I've been saying, man. I mean, listen, George has been driving phenomenal. Um, but to say that George Russell is completely blowing, uh, Lewis Hamilton out the water. A la Charles Leclerc and Sebastian Vettel when they were on the same team. I think that is completely wrong. And even like that, you would still have to wait. I think we would we could say, let's say, if we compare it to, to Sebastian Vettel and, and Charles Leclerc um, when they were together well, in 2017 and 2018, um, you would still have to wait till the end of the season to say that Leclerc got the better of a four-time world champion. Um, it might be the case. But right now, you can't definitely say that George Russell is better than Lewis Hamilton. Are you kidding me? No. I don't know. I mean, remember, he still has two podiums this season. Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. So, George has what? Three? Uh, I can bring that up. Yeah. George has makes for exciting radio. One, three. two, three. That's three. So two to three. So I want to point out George Russell, 111 uh, championship points. Lewis Hamilton, 77. So that's a, already a 34 point lead for Georgia Russell. That's a big. That's a big lead. What I want to further point out is so we're we're talking about this streak of he hasn't finished below fifth. This season, I want to point out Lando Norris. He had that eighth in Spain, but last season through the uh, British Grand Prix, 
he had not finished, aside from that eighth, below fifth. His The rest of his season, retired 14th, 10th, then a second place, then a seventh, a seventh, eight, 10, 10, 9, 10, 7. So I don't want to rush and crown Russell ahead of having a full, complete season because some could say that the luck will even out between the two and then you'll start to see the gap closing and potentially even flipping for in favor of Lewis Hamilton. What you might be seeing here is a situation that we saw last season with Ferrari with Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz, where obviously Carlos Sainz beat Charles Leclerc. But if you look at the stats, you can clearly see, and not to discount Carlos Sainz, but Leclerc was a quicker driver. And again, a lot of luck comes into play as to what happens during the races and where you place. But with that said, uh, Carlos Sainz is a capable driver. He's a very good driver. Is he up to level of uh, of Charles Leclerc? I think this season we're seeing that he's not. We have to wait it out. We have to see what happens when it comes to George Russell and Lewis Hamilton. I think that David Coulthard is very even-headed with this analysis. With this analysis. Yeah, not, there's other analysis. Yeah. He's a little crazy. Yeah, he's a little crazy. But with this analysis, I think that he's uh, level-headed. So I'm going gonna, gonna to just refer back to baseball. It's like a team... That's well-rounded, has a lot of power hitting, good pitching, et cetera, and Lewis Hamilton. Coming up against a team that does a lot of small ball, can steal bases, can bunt, and does like some of the little things just right and can steal a game or two. I think that that's George Russell. That right now, he's making brave calls. He was the only one that went out on slicks during the wet in, uh, in, the, Canada. in Canada during the qualifying. It didn't work out. But had that worked out, that would have been... Yep. It would have been a, a clear, I'm going to use the term, this term, it would have been a home run for him. He would have been in a position to really capitalize on that. But he's making those Williams, George Russell circa Williams-esque moves that he's taking massive he's taking risks. risks. Then those are risks that honestly, and I think this goes back, to, sorry, this goes back to what David Coulthard was saying. These are risks George Russell is taking that he wouldn't be taking and wouldn't be allowed to take if they were in a championship car. Correct. Or yes. in a car that was competing for the championship. Correct. Put it that way. Bottas could never have taken these risks. Absolutely not. But <laughs> they were competing for the championship. Yep. So so that's it for, uh, unless we're going to have something to add, that's it for F1 in our, in our F1 feelings. Nothing to add, Ruben? No, I'm good. All right, so our... British Grand Prix race weekend preview. So I wanted, I did want to talk about a couple of things. So number one, there are two teams, two major teams that are bringing in uh, upgrades, uh, Mercedes and Alpine. Both teams performed well last week in Canada. Mm-hmm. Mercedes has a lot of expectations coming into this race and then the following race, which is the French Grand Prix. Um, what do you guys think will be not the outcome of this race, but as they continue to develop, where do you think that these teams will end up leveling out at in terms of positioning in the constructors? Well, you already know my <laughs> You believe that Mercedes will be second. In the constructors. Yes. Where do you think Alpine will fall? 
fifth because I it'll be tough for them to beat Avatar. They're currently fifth behind the top three teams and McLaren. And McLaren. But McLaren has been behaving like crap, so they're not going to be that much longer if they don't, they don't pick up the slack. McLaren has done like a complete 180. Um, and then the past few races, you see that Alpine is actually racing better. And the two drivers are actually on it, meaning Ocon and and Alonso. So, but I don't. Yeah, I mean, uh, currently as it, as it, as the standings are constituted, I think uh, you're gonna have a fight for the first and second place. Even though it looks like Red Bull Racing is running away with it at the moment, mm-hmm. which I'm not happy to say that, obviously. But. Um, I think it's going to be Mercedes in a lonely third place. (laughs) And the fight is going to be between McLaren and Alpine. But honestly, the way McLaren looks right now, it sucks. And, well, we we have Alfa Romero, you know, only six points behind Alpine. Carried by Valtteri Bottas. No, don't talk bad about Botas, <laughs> man. Botas has 46 out of 51 points. <laughs> <laughs> but um, to his credit, uh, uh, Joe has been driving pretty good the past yeah. few weekends. Has been affected by some reliability problems, which obviously is not his, not his fault. Um, he did finish... Let's see, where are you? So, so he's fresh year. He finished eighth. He scored points in the last race. So he's he seems to be doing better. Um, he got two points finishes so far. We'll see, again, it's still a long way to go. So, um, but yeah, I think that that intrigue to see what teams are going to be fighting. I think you're going to have a three way fight, or maybe a yeah three way fight between McLaren, Alpine, and uh, Alfa Romeo. So I want to lead the. It, I want to take that and lead into, da 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 da, British Grand Prix trivia. Oh, da da da. <laughs> oh, we forgot the buzzers. Oh, all right, sorry, sorry. All right, so I got some some. I would say I would say easy questions and some weird questions. Okay, so which of the current drivers that are F one champions on the grid has not won the British Grand Prix? Which of the current drivers that are not? That are F1 champions. That are F1 champions. Has not won the British Grand Prix. Um, Max Verstappen. You got it. 24. Obviously, Lewis Hamilton's won the British yeah. Grand Prix. Um, Vettel's won it before. He won it with Ferrari. And did, I think he might have won it with Red Bull as well. And... Um, and Alonso definitely has won the Grand Alonso Prix. before Better was the last Ferrari driver to win. How many times has Alonso won it? Do you know? Don't know. Okay. I didn't look at the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going back to 2018. Which driver made contact with Lewis Hamilton on the first lap, sending Lewis to the back of the grid? Where was this? On the British Grand Prix. I know, but what 2018. Which driver was driver? It was uh, Sebastian Vettel. I remember that, too. Was it Max Verstappen? No. Wow. It was none other than 
Kimi Raikkonen. Wow. Oh, yeah, it was a Ferrari, though. I remember that. Hamilton made it all the way back to second place, finishing mm. just 2.26 seconds yeah, the, behind. Kimi was with, 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 Ferrari. with Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, I know it was Ferrari. Mm. Okay. Not another one. But this is going to be spread out too much. It's going to be tough for you guys to get. Can you name the Formula One champion that has never won at Silverton or even get a podium throughout his career? He made 15 appearances going back to like maybe 2009. A Formula One champion? Yes. That he never won? Yes. Or a podium? Yes. Ooh. Wow, that's tough. Oh. Uh, let's, 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 make it, let's cut it up from 2007 oh. to now. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen. Wow. I thought he gave it away when he said 2007 and then 2009. 2007 that hasn't had a podium. Yeah, he said going back to 2009. I'm like, and oh, then I went back to the, went 2007. Back so I'm like, wait a second. Oh man, no, I'm thinking. Jeez, who? 2007. Until now. And he he made 15 of 15. Sibelson uh, participated. Yeah. Right. So how many? And he's a world champion. Yeah. And he's never gotten a podium. So that leaves. Oh, who's it? Oh. Uh, it's not Lonzo. It's not. No, I know it is. <laughs> He's got it. Wow. <laughs> what good. happened? That was good. He's got it. That was good. Who is it? Can you confirm that it is a British driver? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a British driver? Yeah. Yep. Oh, Jensen Button. Yes. Yes. He got it. All right. The clue should have been 09. Okay. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> uh, that was actually a really good one. Uh, uh, give, give yourself a round of applause there. there you go. Another one for you. This is going to be also tough to get, but it might not. Let's see. Name the multiple time, you know, multiple time F1 champion to break his leg in a big action in 1999 at the British Grand Prix. That's Michael Schumacher. Okay. So he yeah. got it right away. Schumacher yeah. happened during the first lap. After his what break failure, 1999. Yeah, he couldn't. He didn't win the championship. And he missed six races to up. That was one of those. That was one of those seasons where he like he was, he he could have won the championship and he and he couldn't because obviously he missed six races. But I think the next year he won. He yes, won. Mm -hmm. back to back. Mm -hmm. Ferrari baby, sure. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> oh no, not, that's that's it. Yeah, that's it. Oh, Three man. questions. What else you wanted? Any other history? We got some history, but you know, obviously, it was Wait, one of the. I got a question. Yeah, five British constructors have won at the British Grand Prix. Name three of them. Mercedes, British McLaren. constructor. Oh shit, my bad. McLaren, Williams, Ooh. Lotus. Yes. Cooper and Terrell are the others. <laughs> oh wow. Tyrell would have been nice. I want Taking nice ones to finish. Taking a back with Cooper. Mm -hmm. Jesus, all right. Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you really took it back there. <laughs> all right, history. I'm sorry, Ruben. So, obviously, Silverstone is one of the first F1 race was held at one of the only other two venues, right? Which is Monta. No. What was it? That's what? been on the council. That's been on the council since day one. Okay. Yeah, I think Monza and, and, and um, actually the first F1 race was at Silverstone. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, obviously, only this, in history, it's only three other places I've hosted, but Mon uh, Silverstone has been the place since 1987 or 1986. Uh, highlights of the place, obviously, you know, it's 
the track was built on a, if you go way back, it's like a World War II airfield to you know, pretty much mm-hmm. that space after World War II. Um, the, the, the layout has gone under significant changes over the years, mostly in a bid to reduce speed and increase safety. Uh, obviously, highlights, let's not forget the tire fiasco where you mentioned earlier where Lewis ended with a flat tire. Uh, there has never been a British Grand Prix where the top three at start finished the race in the same order. What? Yeah. The, the top three star have never finished the race in the same order. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Uh, that most, means we're in for a good race? Exactly. Most women, um, most women constructors, Ferrari with 16, McLaren 14, followed by Williams with 10. Most women were drivers, Hamilton with eight, then Clark and Prost, and Allen Prost, a tire fire piece. Most women by engine manufacturers, Ferrari 17, four 14, follow Mercedes with 13. Well, yeah, 14, because I, I didn't change the number, 14, because we won last year. Uh, last year's spot was Max, podium was Hamilton, Leclerc, and Bottas. Obviously, because in the first lap, Lewis and Amber Stappen collided. I'm just wondering. How can you hear a stat like Lewis Hamilton has won the British Grand Prix, his home Grand Prix, eight times? I think, and not put some respect on his name. If you're racist, I think. How? I think the only guy that has won. Yep. His give, give Wellington a round of applause. I think home races. When it, I'm not 100 percent sure when it comes to home races. I think the only guy that has done it like that many times. Has been uh, Ayrton Senna in Russia. Yeah. That will happen. But not eight, meaning has done so many consecutive. He's dominant at his home race. Yeah. Ayrton Senna in Russia. And I guess with the return of Zanvoort, Max, but like, it's one year. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, predictions, real quick. I am going, I'm going with. I'm going to shock you guys. Mm-hmm. A Charlotte Claire podium. Whoa! Uh, uh, fastest lap, pole position. Okay. Oh, we're talking about qualifying, though. I think I have to put that out there. Charlotte Claire, pole position. <laughs> I mean, that's not a surprise, but... Yeah. Shocking. I think... <laughs> Another one out of the 16. It's not a surprise because he's trying. And, and listen, it's looking good so far. He is trying to make sure that his prediction of 16 poles... 16. 16. 16 yeah. poles for Leclerc. That'll put you in uh, on Stephen A. Smith level right there, buddy. <laughs> well, I'll put me above Stephen yeah. Screaming A. <laughs> Screaming A. Wow. So, and for those of you who do not know, Stephen A. Smith is an analyst on ESPN, and he predicted before the year started that the Golden State Warriors, where most people said that they wouldn't win the championship. He predicted that the Golden State Warriors would win the championship. And he's been doing, obviously, a victory lap, bragging about this, yeah, which makes sense. 16 poles. That, that's looking good right now. Well, it is. That's yeah. six of eight so far. That's looking good right now. Max screwed me up in Canada. Hey. <laughs> you, but you could say. It was the that, rain. No, no. You can say that, that Checo actually screwed you up in uh, Saudi Arabia. As well, yeah. In with both the, of with them, the magical lap. There you go. That, that was a magical lap. That so, what was that? Right. The print. Oh. So, anyway, uh, so I'm taking Charlotte Claire to get the pole position. I'm taking a Max Leclerc and Perez podium. Ruben, what do you got? Say again, Paul, you said Leclerc. Leclerc. But then I'm taking Max first, Leclerc second, and Perez third. On the podium. 
Correct. I, w- I, w- I would agree with you. And Leclerc gets Paul because we want him to get a 16. I say 15, he's a 16. You know, because we lost a race. We lost, uh, I forgot the track that we lost, but we lost a track. Still got to believe. Russia. Yeah. Was it Russia mm-hmm. that we lost? Yes. Yeah, we lost Russia, so 15. And uh, to win the race, yeah, Max will break the, you know, break his, mm, I have not won at Silverstone and I'm a champion this week and Max will win. Uh, I will say, yeah, Leclerc and, and Paris. I think I think Ferrari finishes the race this time. <laughs> There's only been one race that Max has completed that he didn't win, by the way. And that was Monaco. Leclerc, not because of Wellington's prediction, just because. In Bahrain? I'm a fan. DNF in Bahrain. Who? Mm-hmm. Oh, he has completed. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Next so time. Leclerc, Max. <sighs> Who's there? George Ross. Wow. Wow. What happens to Sainz in Paris? And how does Leclerc win um, over Max? There are rumors that this is, this prediction is all feelings, no <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was awesome. There, <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> there are rumors. <laughs> There are rumors that Mercedes is bringing an upgrade to Silverstone. No, we talked about it we earlier. Talked about it earlier. Yeah. We talked about it earlier. The rumor is confirmed, by the way. It is confirmed. I, I personally confirmed it. I think that we'll see uh, George Russell become Mr. Saturday once again and Pip. Uh, are we talking about the race right now? Third. No, we're talking about... Oh, you're still talking about... Okay. okay. Yeah. Now... The race. I said I'm positive this weekend. Mm-hmm. I feel the clerk keeps the victory. Max second. And we are going to put Carlos Sainz in third. Damn, what is Ferrari bringing? Steroids? <laughs> Hopium. 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 <laughs> For Yancey, hopium. Oh, I thought you said opium. No. Well, that too. But hopium for Yancey. <laughs> Let me live. And if I'm right, so on that note, guys, make sure to follow us at Jump to Start F1 on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, Jump to Start Racing Podcast. And that's pretty much it. It's race week. It's race week. Peace. Peace. Peace.